Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Come on, you guys take a seat. Come on now, when we sit down, I never want you to feel like sit down means that, oh, now we don't engage with the word of God. We want to engage with the Word of God. I just feel provoked a little bit to push on something. Maybe we'll get to the notes. Maybe we won't. But religion does such a good job of convincing you that every desire you have is from the devil. That's what religion really likes to do is convince you that any dream, because you can't take away salvation. So the Bible says that once you believe in your heart that Jesus died for your sins and confess that he's Lord, that boom, you, can, you are born again. And he can't take that from you. That's a seed he can't take. But what he can do is lock you up. What he can do is lock you up. And he'll lock you up with really bad theology like nothing you do matters, God's sovereign, everything that's gonna happen is already set and it's not gonna, and it has to happen. I just, you, that's not in the Bible. Moses changed God's mind. Literally, read the Bible. God was like, you know what? They're whiners. Let's start over. We're going to go back to Abraham. It's just going to be you, Moses. We'll build a whole new population on you because he just had it up to here after freeing them with you know, all the plagues and, and taking down the mightiest army in the world and then separating the Red Sea. And they still don't get it. And he's reaching this frustration point. Thank goodness for Jesus in the cross because we have been redeemed, you know, like, but, and Moses says, and Moses has his dialogue with God, has his dialogue and says, hey, we've gone this far. We've gone this far. And he says, you know what? I like you, Moses, because you carry my heart. I see, I see, I see your mercy and your pastor side right now. And for your sake, because you interceded. See, everything in the Bible foreshadows your Old Testament. You don't want to just throw it out when you become a Christian. God spent thousands of years isolating a population, giving them some standards to live by so he could keep repeatedly over and over and over show you prophetic visions of when Jesus was going to come and what he was going to do. So Moses was a pseudo or a type of Messiah, right? So the same thing we see Moses do for Israel is what Jesus has done for us. He doesn't just take us out of slavery, but he's trying to get us to the promised land. Now, the promised land, when, when God explains it, he, he has no apology for saying, by the way, this is going to be awesome, guys. You're going to love it. There's going to be vineyards you didn't even plant. There's going to be cities that you didn't even have to build. I'm giving it all to you. And religious people back then would have been like, how selfish of you to even want a promised land. To even, you should just be happy that you're not a slave anymore. You know what frustrated God is that he couldn't get the slave out of him. Religion frustrates God because, now I'm not saying not his word. Don't mistake me. His word is potent. He loves his word. But when, when we allow this wonky lack of power, and that's where I'm trying to get to today, that the gospel was never meant to be just a matter of words, the Bible says, but of power. Right. 
God wants to mark your life with his power. Now, here's the deal. If, if, we're, if we have this mindset, well, nothing good should happen to me, you know, because then I'd be selfish. That would be selfish of me. It's like when we get in that mindset, we are blocking the power. We're saying, God, if, I don't want people to feel bad that you're blessing me. When he's saying, no, why don't you let me get in your world, heal you up, bless you, so your friends that used to hang out with you go, bro, what happened? What do you, what do you want? Can I have some of that? And you're like, yeah, I'll show you where my dealer is. Come on Wednesday night. You're going to check it out. Let, that your life is the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Religion says hide it, conform. Everyone wear the same thing to church on Sunday. There's no creativity. There's no life. And God wants to just shatter that paradigm. Shatter that paradigm. Now, let me just plant one little seed here. I'm not saying throw out God's guidance because his word and his ways lead to life, right? So it's not religious to tell somebody, you know, if you're living that single life to say, hey, the way God intended this, this thing to work, that, that sex drive you have, that thing, the way he intended it is you and your spouse under covenant rock and roll, Rock and roll. Like, it's a blast and go for it as much as you want. That, and that's not because he's, like he's not like a bigot. In fact, you know what? Sex doesn't discuss God at all. Why am I going here? Let's just go here. <laughs> it doesn't disgust him at all. The world tries to think, ooh, God doesn't want. No, God's like, I made it. I know what's happening. I know what's going down. I know it's good. That was my intention. But I have guide rails just like every now and then. Like, so our boys always ask, is this healthy? Is this not? which I kind of, th- kind of think is cool. They want to try to eat healthy, but Asher has a sweet tooth. So he's always interrogating me on like, how much is with cake, right? He was like, today, he was like, dad, is cake good for you? I'm like, no, son, it's not. I can't have cake. No, no, you can have cake. It's okay. We've got birthday parties. Your birthday's coming up. When you're, he's like, okay, so my birthday, I can have cake. What if it's someone else's birthday? I'm like, absolutely, man, have some cake. It's okay. And you know, he's trying to figure this out. It's the same thing is, is a, it, there's guidelines. If I only let him eat cake, which, by the way, would be his preference, that's his jam mixed with some candy. His candy and cake would be his only choices. That's where I've left, I've thrown out the guide rails of what the intention is of this. This is a celebratory thing. This is, we're getting ready for Thanksgiving, and I'm, I'm a big fan of, like, Thanksgiving, you should be a little embarrassed of yourself at the end of it. You know, like, that's what the, you're giving thanks for all the food. It's okay on that day. If you look in the mirror, you're like... Yeah, you need to do better, you know? But, <laughs> but if you live every day like that, we've thrown out all of the guidelines, all the, all the rails. And so that's God, is that God puts up, I, gives you us principles that lead to life and life abundantly. But not, not religious, not, not just this stifled life. And I think I wanna go here today because I see so many Christians go through this thing called, we're, to our, we're in our ser- series right now, It's a Wonderful Life. Or not a wonderful, yeah, is it? Yep, It's a Wonderful Life, nailed it. Okay, um, we're heading into Thanksgiving. We wanna be thankful. We're heading into Christmas. And by the way, if you've lived in Utah your whole life, you gotta understand, it is special to live in Utah during Christmas because we get snow and mountains and trees. This place is beautiful. Like, this Californian is used to like, just dead trees, no snow. You know, like that's, that, so I'm, I, I love Christmas. I can't wait. I can't wait. So yeah, shorts and flip flops on Christmas. What is that? It's like what Australians do. I'm not into it. Okay, so 
We're in that series, yes. And when I think of wonderful life, I think of like some really fun verses in the Bible that were meant for us. Like Isaiah 40, 31. It says this, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles and they shall not grow weary and they shall walk and not faint. Soar on wings like eagles. Thank you. They said drink some water, so I will. Drink to that. (laughs) Okay, going. But I see too many Christians have what you call in flight a failure to launch. And that's the title of the message, failure to launch. Failure to launch. I think there was a rom-com called Failure to Launch. Matthew McConaughey, am I right? Thank you, Sarah. I don't know why I looked to you, but I feel like you got your rom-com game on, on lock. Okay. And it, correct me if I'm wrong, the movie's like a f- almost 40-year-old that hasn't left his parents' house yet, right? Okay, yes. Yeah. Oh, man, I, my rom-com game. So strong. So strong. Stay on point. Here we go. Failure to launch, ter- failure to take flight, f- failure to leave the nest. And, and I, I, that, that thought has been on my mind, actually, just this, because, you know, I don't know if you know this, but I, I didn't come to Salt Lake. I didn't, I, I'm not letting God put me here, and I don't want to finish this thing just going like, well, God, I took care of the flock that you gave me. Of course I want to do that, but, but I want to push beyond that. I want a church of mighty people like, like Blake who are in the gym and they are actually talking to the Holy Spirit and listening to the Holy Spirit. And that's not his only, like guys, just so you know, I actually had to go through Blake's Rolodex of faith healings he's seen when we were talking. I'm like, I, think, I really like that gym one, man. But he brings like a miracle every week at men's prayer because he's just a faith man, Blake. And I love you, bro. I love you. And like he said, he read the Bible. He just said, hey, it said it in the Bible, so I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. By the way, I brought my super pastor Bible. You guys see how holy I am? With a string. I can kill giants. I turn it into a sling. I mean, this is like, this is called the demon, the demon thumper, okay? Got my demon thumper out today. Failure to launch. It's a whip. <laughs> Poor worship team, man. And when they're practicing, I get on them with my Bible. No. <laughs> Failure to launch. And I got thinking about, well, God, how did, how did you set it up for your children to launch? And uh, really, he gave us some really cool, here's what it comes down to. The Holy Spirit is the missing piece. The Holy Spirit in your daily life as a Christian, you being alert to him, you letting him do what he's made to do, and letting him be who he's made to be in your world is what will take you from a flightless little penguin to an eagle soaring up. Wow. Okay, it's letting the Holy Spirit. So I just want to talk a little bit about some aspects of the Holy Spirit. And just so you know, God is crazy intentional. Yeah. He picks things and then you'll start looking into things and you're like, oh my goodness. So I want to talk real quick. What is the Holy Spirit animal-wise represented by in the Bible? Anybody? Boom, look at these Bible scholars over on this side. Let's go. (laughs) Not fair, you two went to Bible college. That's cheating. (laughs) But yeah, he's represented as a dove. 
So some interesting things I was researching on doves, and actually my wife alluded to this in a couple messages ago, and the Holy Spirit just kind of said, I want you to talk more on this. This is where the birthplace of this message is. Um, but a dove has, so birds have very critical feathers to flight. They have a lot of feathers, but the ones that are critical to flight are called the primary feathers, which are the big, long ones on the end of their wings. That's where they get most of their lift. And then the tail feathers, right? Now, I don't know if you know this, but most birds have around, usually have 10 primary feathers, not a dove. A dove has nine. Wow. So it's so interesting because the number nine, there are nine gifts of the Spirit listed in the Bible. There's also nine fruits of the Spirit lifted in the Bible. Now, just the interesting thing too, tail feathers. Tail feathers are the thing that steers the whole bird. So this gives a lift, but there's a direction it takes, and that's the tail feathers. Guess how many tail feathers a dove has? Not nine, not ten. Good, 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 great, good graces though, guys. We're in the boat. No. Five. Five. And I'm not going to go into these five, but there's also another thing in in the book, right after it talks about the gifts of spirit, talks about there's the five-fold ministry. Wow. Isn't that just interesting that the symbolism of the feathers on the dove point to what God, once the Holy Spirit stepped into the church and started expanding the church, they started to realize, wow, we got these nine gifts that we can tap into. And wow, we got these nine fruits that are coming out of our life. And then there's these these five necessary components in the ministry that seem to steer, but that, that are the steering that say, hey, we're gonna take the whole body of Christ this direction. And the five, just so you know, they're apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, and pastor. Thank you, thank you. That was out of order too, but just those of them, okay? But so I wanna talk real quick about these side feathers here because there's two primary jobs of the Holy Spirit in your world. Yeah, he's, he's your friend, he's your counselor, but he's really there to grow the fruit and increase the gifts. Those are, those are what he does in your world, right? And here's the interesting thing. So first, let's just go over Galatians 5, 23. I wanna go over the nine. These are the nine fruits of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, next one, gentleness, self-control. Against such thing, there is no law. So those are the fruits of the Spirit. Those are the things that when you give your life to Jesus and he begins to, uh, what it's called, born again, and he begins to then, like a, like a baby, you begin to see what, something's different inside of me. I'm, I'm seeing these, these little sprouts of like, I, I, People that I used to hate, maybe I'm starting to feel a little more like compassion for. And, you know, I used to be really bitter at these people who wronged me in the past, but I'm feeling like I should forgive. And I'm walking around and, you know, I used to lose it on the freeway when somebody cut my, me off, but I'm only flipping them off like every other time now. Like I see, I see a shift starting, might not be fully there. But, but, but at least I feel conviction about it. <laughs> Road rage. But so love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now I want to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. And that's found in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one to profit all. Pause right here. The gifts 
are gifts, that you, presents that you give other people. The gifts activated in your life actually exist primarily not for you, but for other people. Right? And it says to edify the church. That's why if I get a prophecy from somebody who doesn't love the church, doesn't love God's house, I, I just throw it out. Because, it, because it, by default, if that prophetic word isn't to build up and edify the church, isn't coming from a place of love, I already know it came from the wrong spirit. Even if it's laced with some aspects of truth, I'm not gonna plant that seed in my heart because it's coming from the wrong spirit. I'm going to get more into that in a minute. But so we have, uh, keep going, guys. For one is given the word of wisdom, a word of wisdom. God tells you, hey, don't do that. This isn't wise. Don't step in that. Uh, another is a word of knowledge. God will give you something for somebody, give you a phrase, give you a thing that might not even mean anything to you, but you'll walk up to somebody and say, hey, I feel like, like I saw this or, you know, I, I heard this word and, and all of a sudden you find out for them, it was like, I remember one time we had a security guard come through, walk through our building and he was walking through the back and the Holy Spirit hit him so hard he had to sit down, his knee got healed. Ted was on him like a pack of dogs on a three-legged cat <laughs> and praying with him. And, and I mean, his knee gets healed and he's freaking out. Then he's like getting the gifts of tongue instantly. Like this is just radical. Like he just, but even when, I believe it was when Ted prayed for him, he got a phrase that was something that his grandma that was so important to him used to say to him all the time. And so, and there's a, the word of knowledge. It's something that you wouldn't know, but it means incredible thing for them. So there, and then the next one, we'll keep going here. Uh, another faith by the same spirit, another healing. We heard a great story about healing somebody today by the same spirit. To another working of miracles, seeing miracles, seeing the impossible happen. To another prophecy, we talked about that, prophesying over people, getting prophetic words of what's to come. And another discerning of spirits, which is a good one. If you're going to have prophecy in your church, you should have the discerning of spirits, just FYI. To another different kinds of tongues and then even to another interpretation of tongues. These are all gifts accessible to us, nine of them and nine of them. So... I want to talk about my two points, and then we're going to pray for people because I don't want to just, I want to teach on this. I want to impart this. I want, you, I want us to actually walk out of here more activated, more ready to flap both wings. Anybody ever had a bird stuck in their house? Isn't it the like most horribly awkward thing, you know, because you're like a little afraid of it because it's technically a wild animal. Maybe just me, but I'm like, I don't know what you are going to do to me, you know, but they're flying around, they're slamming on the windows, you know, and inevitably they, they bonk themselves and something gets hurt. You know, I just, I remember we found a bird, we had a bird when I was a kid getting our house and the bird flew into the window and, you know, it started trying to fly, but it was really evident that it had really hurt one of its wings, right? It had a broken wing on one side. I'm going to tell you right now, one wing will not help you fly. One wing will just make you look really awkward as a Christian, if you only focus on one side of the Holy Spirit, if you only focus on fruit or you only focus on, on gifting, you get weird or you get annoying and you're coming in the room like, look at me, I'm a peacock, I'm beautiful. I'm really, to everyone else, you're like, kah, 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 kah. <laughs> slamming up against everything, hitting the windows. Then you can't figure out like, why don't people see my gifts? 
Well, is that the only thing you're flapping? Is that it? Is that the only part of your Christian walk that you care about? Are you, are you running to every conference, chasing the anointing, chasing somebody to lay a hand on you and thinking, you know, and there's nothing wrong with being hungry for the power of God. But if that's the only thing that the Holy Spirit's allowed to do in your world, I promise you this, this not being used, what happens when you don't use a muscle? It atrophies, right? And let's go to the reverse side of this, Okay. You're, you're one of those people who you're like, I don't know, you know, the whole like moving in the power of God, that, that seems weird to me, but I can really get down on this whole like self-discipline and growing the fruit and working on my patience and I will be the most, by the way, never pray, God help me be patient. Just, I just gotta tell you, I prayed that prayer before, he will give you plenty of opportunities for patience, right? <laughs> I like the Dr. Jurgen, uh, or Dr., Pastor Jurgen, doctor probably too, the pastor Jurgen prayer, he said, God, show me your goodness. I, I'm into that prayer a lot. But no, I want all the fruit. So I'm joking and not joking. God, I want to be patient. I want to have all the fruit of the spirit. But there are people that throw out the power and they're just always like, oh, just more Christian, just more discipleship. God, let me hurt for you a little more. Let me, let me abstain a little more. Let me, let me love I." Oh, I want to love so much that I look like I hate him. Like, ah, oh, you know, like, and, and it just gets so all inward focus. You're not, you become not a gift to people. And you think that they're, you're going to walk, you're going to walk in a room and they're going to be like, that is the holiest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Jesus, take my heart now. No, no, it's, 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 it's the power of both. It's you having a transformed life with fruit of patience with fruit of love, of faithfulness, of self-control, right? It's, and, and, and the beautiful thing, if you're like, man, I really have lacked in one of those areas, that gives God the greatest opportunity to, to use you to reach people. Because if you're like a person, maybe you're coming here and you're a person, man, my temper, I've never really, self-control, I got some of the fruit, but the self-control thing, not my jam, right? My, not my jam. Well, guess what? If you let Holy Spirit get in your world, and actually change that, you know who's gonna get impacted? The world around you that knows you. Don't, don't, be afraid, don't be afraid of if one of your feathers is a little short. Let the Holy Spirit do it. It'll become one of your greatest points of witness to people that need hope. That people that need hope. Like I said, my goal as a pastor is to, by the end of mo most messages, for you to go, if God can use that jacked up guy, I think he could use me. Like that... Let's not be ashamed of where we started, but let's let God do the thing. So how do we grow our fruit? Point number one, how do we grow our fruit? We gotta partner with the Holy Spirit and, not, and partner with him in this way. First thing, partner with him on your sowing. Partner with him on your sowing. What do I mean by that? You say, yeah, man, I'm trying to love people, but no one loves me right now. I don't feel loved. Well, you know what you do to get love? Pause for effect. You give love. See, when you start giving love, it might not, might not be the first day. might not be the second day. But I promise you, the Bible even says, God will not be mocked. What a man sows, he reaps. And if you're not liking har today's harvest, the cool thing is God's mercies are new every morning. Every day, his mercies are new. He can come in, kind of like weed whack the garden, just, okay, that's not gonna do this harvest anymore. And then he says, now here's some seeds of 
self-control. Here's some seeds of love. Here's some, and, and you start to give God something to work with. You want to partner with him in your garden and start planting the seeds you want. And I mean, this, this can be really practical. If you lack self-control and it's getting you in trouble in all these other areas, pick a area, maybe it's like food or whatever, pick, pick a thing that you say, I'm gonna have self-control in this one thing. I'm gonna stop this one thing and let the Holy Spirit begin to teach you how to have discipline and you'll watch, there's a halo effect. I've watched this in my life. I'm telling you, whenever I'm, this is just personal story. Whenever I start eating right, and take care of myself. The crazy thing is I've just got this one little area of self-control and all of a sudden I see this halo effect where all the other chaos in my world, I start getting like, well, if I can, if I can say no to in and out I can definitely say no to that. And I can definitely, you know, you start to see this, this halo effect in your life. But, and the Holy Spirit doesn't want you to do that alone. A lot of people think they'll pray and the Holy Spirit will convict them of something saying, hey, I want you to, you know, stop binging Netflix and read your Bible for 10 minutes a day, and you're like, okay, God, I'm gonna go do this, and I'm gonna show you I can do this. You wait here, and I'll come back in a month. And that's a lot of us January 1, right? January's coming up, New Year's resolutions. You're like, God, this is the year. Bikini ready, this is the year. I'm doing it, I'm doing it. January, three weeks later, you don't talk to God, you don't get any help, and then all of a sudden you come back, you're like, uh, well, next year, we'll get it next year. You know what I mean? By the way, bikini ready was not me. I just say, <laughs> I just want to preface it this, okay? Married man, I've heard phrases, but you know, anyways. Um, we partner with the Holy Spirit, sowing, next one. Partner with the Spirit, Holy Spirit to inspect the soil. You know, a lot of times there's little weeds. We have a garden, and uh, I, it's amazing. I can get every weed out of that thing, and I can blink and there's weeds again, you know? And so I'm gonna change my sprinkler system. It's gonna be awesome. But the point is, is that these little weeds, if we catch them early, they're easy to pluck out. And the Holy Spirit is really good at it. David taught us how to pray like this. Search me, O Lord. I, I dare someone just to pray. You know, Holy Spirit's good too. I think a lot of people are like, where do I start? Because if I let the Holy Spirit into the whole thing, he's gonna, he's gonna just panic and run away or the, the list seems, seems too big. You know, I've seen God put grace on so many areas of my life that he didn't need to address right then. He just picks one area. Says, hey, this is where we're gonna work right now. And, I'll, and I'll, once again, I'll see the halo effect. Check the soil. He'll show you, hey, pick that weed up right there. Let's pull this out of your garden. Next thing we partner with him is inspecting the roots. So Galatians, after he talks about the fruit of the Spirit, this is the warning that, that Paul gives. Galatians 2, 20, 5.26. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, or envying one another. You know, these, there's these bigger roots that will decay our tree, and it can be pride, it can be being contentious, having a spirit of gossip and wanting to spread rumors or know all this stuff. It's, it's let, let, look at the health of the root system of the tree. What are you, where are you getting your substance from? Where, what are you pulling from? Where are you pulling? Finally, all you need besides that, you put a seed in the ground, you make sure the soil is not infected with weeds, you 
watch it grow, and then finally you got a water and sun. That's it, water and sun. The Bible says that we're to wash people with the Word of God. Wash people with the Word of God. Can I just ask you, how, how much water are you giving yourself? You know, the Bible says that God is not a, he shows favor to no man. So sometimes I look around, I'm like, God, how did it, just, just being really honest, God, how did, why am I the pastor of this church? Why, why am I here? You know, there's a lot of very gifted people and there will be lots of campuses and lots of amazing pastors in our church and there will keep growing. But why am I here today? And he reminded me that when I got saved at a camp, I was in a group of people that all got saved at the same time, like friends. And not all those friends are still chasing after God today. And I don't know what they did, but I'll tell you what I did when I got home. Because some guy from the Snack Shack that prayed for me to accept Jesus, never, uh, one day I'll meet Snack Shack guy. He really was. I saw him the next day. He was working the Snack Shack. He saw my hand go up. He went up and prayed with me. He said, now what you need to do is read your Bible every day. So honestly, 14, I think it was, every night, every night I read my Bible for years. I'm not saying I haven't missed a night, but, but I didn't miss that in my teenage years. And there were days I came home from teenage things that I really didn't want to read my Bible because I knew God was going to want to talk to me about some choices I made. But I still read my Bible. I let it wash me. And every night after I'd read my Bible, I would just say, God, I would, I would just take inventory and I would say, God, I don't think this is what you want me to do. I'm sorry. Forgive me and change me. And that compounded over many, many years. Wash yourself in the word of God. And then the sun. Bring things out to the light. You know, anything that's kept in darkness doesn't grow. Anything that's kept in darkness doesn't grow. And so if you're living in this world where 99, 95% of you is, is out in front of God, 95% of you is there and you're pursuing God, but there's this 5% that you just still feel shame and guilt and, and so you keep it hidden, you keep it uh, out of the light. You don't let God really shine in on that area that you're, you're stunting the fullness because he brings abundance to every area of our life. Right, he, he can't take nine, it, I have one body and it's not like he comes to me and says, I'm gonna take all of you to this place except for your right foot, we're gonna leave it here. Like that's not gonna, that's, that's just not a good way to do this. <laughs> I like my right foot, so he says, so my right foot has to also come along on the journey, right? So let the light into things. Now, we're gonna do some praying for people now. So that's just part of the thing, daily with God. And look, once you get to a thing, and if you keep running into this thing, you see a cycle. You know what the Bible says to do with that? Confess to one another so you're healed. Confession to some other person doesn't get you forgiven. Only Jesus can forgive, and he does. But sometimes things are holding us back into cycles, and we need a person. And when I say confess to one another, you're healed, what I'm not saying is put it on your Facebook story or your Instagram story. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. I'm not saying publicize it to every person that knows your first and last name. I'm not saying do that. I'm just saying get with a trusted Christian leader that can actually work through that, bring, help you shine the light on it, 
and bring wisdom, love, and guidance. And sometimes you just need to hear from another person. Yeah, I've been there. Might not have been the same thing, but I've been in that cycle. Anyways, now, point number two, and this one's really easy. That's why I spent all my time, point number one. Opening the gifts. Opening the gifts. So while you're letting God transform your life through reading his word, through getting the word of God in your world, through reading, uh, through talking and going to connect group, you're doing all the things and you're starting to grow that, these gifts. First thing you gotta understand is they're for other people. Until you die to like the gifts being about you, you're never gonna step out because let's use Blake as an example. What if the guy doesn't get healed? If it was about him, that risk gets a lot higher because like, dude, if he doesn't get healed, I look silly today, right? My new gym buddy might not wave to me anymore at the gym, right? But when you're about other people, you're not asking what, what, what's, what's my price. You say, what, what's on the other side of that guy's knee not bugging him anymore? What, 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 if, if I fail, whatever, I look, I look silly. But if I win this guy, this guy's in the gym like, ah, you know, he's, this guy understands there's a God who's real, this, this person. So the gifts pivot. Why do I say that? Because we're going to pray for people just to activate the Holy Spirit and receive the gifts. But I want you to understand that if you got to make sure that heart posture is in the right place for him to grow right. We don't prophesy so people think, wow, that person's super holy because they actually heard from God. No, no, no. We, we prophesy because we want to, we want to speak the word of God into somebody because once people get the word of God in them, it can't help but start to bring transformation to people's word. Use them for others, not yourself. This is all in, by the way, uh, 1 Corinthians. So you can write this down, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. I read it already, but these the tips I'm giving you are actually what the Bible says after it talks about them. So stay in unity. Don't get jealous of somebody else's gift. Get inspired by other people's gifts. Okay, next one. Motivated by love. Motivated by love. The most common Bible verse I have heard read at weddings is 1 Corinthians 13. And it's a great thing for weddings because it talks about love is patient, love is kind, love is not rude, it's not self-seeking, you know. But that chapter was, the, was where Paul took the conversation about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He said, none of this matters if you don't love people. These three things remain, 1 Corinthians says, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. And listen, when you're operating the gifts, the gifts are not gonna venture out of faith, hope, and love. Doesn't mean sometimes the gifts don't come with you know, some discernment for correction, but even the correction should give people hope that I can do this. They give people faith that if God sees me in this situation, I can trust him. And it should always come from a place of love. And I'm telling you, if anyone's ever given, used, used the God card on you, we've all been victims of this probably if you've been a Christian for a while. They used the God card on you to hurt you. Like anyone Christian in high school and broke up with somebody and used the God card. Come on, I did it so you can, I totally did, I blame God. Just 
feel like God's saying we're not supposed to be together. You know, six months ago, I was like, I feel like God said we're supposed to be together. You know, I'm blaming him for everything. You know when something's not coming from a place of love, right? And so, but once we get all that right, here's the cool thing. 2 Timothy 1.6 says this. Therefore, I remind you, stir up the gifts of God which are in you through the laying on of hands. You see, there's this really cool part that how, how the Holy Spirit can be imparted and how the gifts of the Spirit can be imparted is, is somebody praying that over you. Praying that over you. And we're gonna, we're gonna pray for some things right now. I'm gonna ask everybody to kind of stand to your feet real quick. God meant you to soar. God meant you to soar. And he gave you the tool of the Holy Spirit to soar. You know what's cool about that first verse I read? You know what's cool about eagles? Eagles are the only bird that do this, but when a storm comes, they have such a capacity for flight, they just fly right over the clouds. They just take, they can ride those thermal, you know, heats going through the storm and just picks them up. They, they still know a storm's going on, but they've got a totally different perspective, right? There's gonna be storms in our life, but when, when we're walking with God and we're letting the fruit of the Spirit grow in our world and the gifts of the Spirit, you're gonna begin to see that the storms that used to drown you and, and tear you down now become something that you seem to soar over and you have a new perspective on the storm and you recognize what, where, what it's doing and where it's at. And that's what God intends for your life. Getting the Holy Spirit activated in your life doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna go home tomorrow, you're gonna be in a different house, you're gonna be in a different situation, you're gonna be in a different world. That will eventually manifest, but what it will mean is that when you get the Holy Spirit activated in your life, you will now go to the same storm, but you'll have a different capacity for altitude because your wings begin to work. And as you fly over that storm, you'll see new horizons and pretty soon you'll find that you're past that storm and you're where God intended you to be. And I'm telling you tonight, that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. If you're in a storm today, I don't care if it's a small storm or a big storm, I wanna pray for the impartation of the Holy Spirit in your world to not just give you the gifts of wisdom, of knowledge, of prophesying, of seeing where he's taking you, but also give you the fruit the fruit that'll cause lift and out of it. And actually you'll come out of that storm soaring out of it. So if you're going through a storm right now in your life, big or small, I want you to raise your hand real quick in the air. I'm gonna pray over you, just a lot. You know what? I'm gonna do this, there's, there's so many of us. I want you guys to come to the front. I wanna pray, I'm gonna actually pray over you. If you're going through a storm, come on, come on. Everybody that came up, this is Wednesday night. Wednesday night, we pray for people. Thank you, Lord. Look at lots of people. Lots of people. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My brother, the mustache, I love it. Um, Caleb, Caleb, I just feel God saying to you right now that everything that the enemy tried to take from you, see, what the enemy doesn't like is when he gets caught. 
because Bible, the Bible sets up rules, right? So the Bible says in the Old Testament that a thief owes sevenfold. For every area that he tried to take from you for the last few years, I just want to speak that God sees you and there will be a reckoning for the enemy. Not against people, right? But against the enemy, there will be a reckoning. And I'm declaring right now for you, Caleb, sevenfold, sevenfold return on any area where the enemy mounted attack against you and your family and took from you, a sevenfold return. And that even in the midst of a storm that you're going to see God lift, lift you up, lift you up. And you might feel like one wing is broken right now, but I'm telling you, it's not. God is still with you. He loves you. He has set you out. So God, we just declare that just like Caleb in the Bible, that he'll shake the dust off, look at his mountain and say, I will take that mountain that belongs to me because God promised it to me in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Lots of amazing people up here. Okay, I wanna, we're gonna, I'm gonna lay hands. I'm just gonna come across, we're gonna pray real quick. Band, lead us in a song. If you're in here, you wanna worship, I'm gonna pray for a couple more things, but I just wanna lay hands on everyone real quick. So go ahead, band, let's go into that song. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.